Well, good morning. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for being here this morning. Thank you for worshiping with us. What a joy it is to take communion together. What a joy it is to worship together. What a joy it is to open the Word of God together. Please open your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 9 as we begin this morning. And welcome to December. Welcome to the month of Advent, the month of Christmas. Today, we're like the first two candles in the Advent wreath, hope and peace. The Advent season focuses on expectation. It serves as an anticipation of Christ's birth in the season leading up to Christmas. The word Advent is from Latin, which means coming. And it's the word Adventus. Some people say waiting or anticipating. And at one time, God's people would look forward with great waiting, great anticipation, great expectation for the awaited Christ Messiah's first coming. Today, God's people look forward to his second coming. Advent today symbolizes the present situation of the church in these last days. We wait with great anticipation for Christ to return, for Christ to come, but not for a first coming, that's already happened, for his second coming, for us, and to begin to start his eternal kingdom. The church looks back upon Christ's coming in celebration, while at the same time looking forward in eager anticipation to the coming of Christ and his kingdom. Last week should have been the hope candle. Christ brings hope. Today will be the peace candle, and we will speak of peace. Christmas peace. Christ peace. Before going further, though, let's open in prayer. Please bow your heads. Lord, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for the true reason for the season, Lord, that's all about Christ. It's all about his birth. But Lord, we must confess that so often we feel overwhelmed, we feel burdened. And even in this time of year, this month, we're supposed to be focusing on Jesus. Hope, peace, joy, love that he brings. We often are overwhelmed and conflicted. Lord, please remind us. That you will never leave us nor forsake us. That you're always there for us and you care about us. Remind us, Lord, to come to you. To not be weary or heavy, burdened. But in the midst of all life's difficulties, to instead come to you, pray to you, and seek your peace, your love, your hope, your joy. A peace which surpasses all understanding. Lord, help us now as we study your word. Guide us. Give us wisdom. Give us discernment. Speak to us, speak through us. And it's in your holy and powerful name we pray, Lord. And all God's people said, amen. Amen and amen, amen. Let it be so. Let it come to be. As we begin this message of peace, I'd like to talk about another Christmas tradition. And that's right here behind me, the Christmas tree. It may surprise some of you, or even offend some of you, for me to say that I have a love-hate relationship with Christmas trees. Now, before you boo me off the stage, or before you start throwing your leftover pumpkins at me, or pumpkin pie, actually, if you have some pumpkin pie, I might not mind that. Oh, I love pumpkin pie. But let me explain. You see, I love the look of a decorated Christmas tree. I love the lights, the ornament, the stars, the angel, the crown of thorns, the ribbon and bows. I love the symbolism of what the tree reminds us of. 
I love that the tree is used as a tool to help us to remember the true reason for the season. When I look at this tree, I think of the tree. I think of Jesus. I think of us celebrating his birth. I love how the trees here lead up to the cross. You see, I love the Christmas tree and all its decoratedness. But I do not, however, enjoy the work associated with getting to this point of a beautifully decorated and complete tree. And at this point, I'd like to thank Mrs. Bobby Jeffrey for decorating the trees this year. And I'd like to thank Angie Warson and Doug um, for helping with the, the tabletops and the, mount, the mantle and even putting away the decorations for me. And Belinda Onash and Jessica Bovey for helping with inspiration in the Christmas program this year. You see, these things are just things I do not enjoy. But, back to the point, I do love the tree once it's all said and done, once it's all decorated. Oh, I love the decorations as it helps us to remember the true reason for the season. It helps us to celebrate. But back to my point, you see, when it comes to the Christmas tree, what should be one of the most peaceful and enjoying practices of the year too often ends in conflict. Siblings fight to decorate the tree or spouses fight decorating the tree. Put it there, not there. Nope, not there. Here. Oh, that's too crowded. There's too many colors right there. They're the whole right there. In fact, a lot of parents end up redecorating the tree after their kids go to bed to avoid conflict. I don't know about you, but I get a bit moody when it comes to the Christmas tree. And not in a good way. You see, having to get all the boxes out of the basement or the garage and haul them all in. Having to figure out where to put all these decorations. And then a tree in an already full home. What should be a time of peace and family fun too often ends up being full of conflict and arguing. What should be a time of peace? ends in time of war. And this is but one illustration of peace and conflict in this world. You see, it's hard to imagine a world completely full of peace when we can't even decorate a Christmas tree often without an argument or two. So what's the trick? What's the remedy? The answer to peace is Jesus. In Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 to 7 says, For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, and Prince of Peace. There will be no end to the increase of his government or of peace. It goes on. And says, on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and righteousness from then on and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. You see, here we see Isaiah prophesying about Jesus. Calling him the wonderful counselor, mighty God, eternal father and prince of peace. And we've talked greatly about these names in past years. But today we're just speaking of Jesus being the prince of peace. You see, Christ's kingdom will be a kingdom of peace. His government, his kingdom, the kingdom he, Jesus, oversees will never stop growing, will never run out of peace. But in a world so filled with conflict, this may be hard to imagine. So what does this mean, anyways? How can we embrace the peace of Christ in the midst of all this conflict, darkness, evil, War and fighting. 
Let's see what Jesus says, the Prince of Peace. Let's see what he has to say himself. Number one, I believe he says that you will have trouble. And G- Jesus says in John 16, 33, to his disciples, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Here in this scene, this time in Jesus and his disciples' lives, Jesus has been telling them all about how he has to leave soon and how there's so much more he wants to share with them but can't. But he promises to send them a helper, the Holy Spirit. They may not completely understand this yet, but Jesus is still prepping them for what is to come, what to expect, and what they have. Jesus is telling them the truth. He lets them know what's going to happen to them. And at the end of this John chapter 16, we get this famous scripture that all too, too often we fail to remember. He says, in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. You see, 2,000 years ago, Jesus shared words of trouble and peace with his disciples. The truths he shared then are still just as relevant still today. In many ways, we have the added bonus, though, of knowing Jesus was telling the truth. We know that we can trust him, for we know that he died, he rose again, he ascended to heaven and defeated death. We know that his word tells us he is preparing a place for us. And we can look forward with great anticipation, great expectation, great hope to his future return. We also know that he, Jesus, brings peace, true peace, despite the trouble. You see, having peace in Christ means believing in and trusting in all Jesus did and continues to do. Let me say that again. Having peace in Christ means believing in and trusting in all Jesus did and continues to do. It doesn't mean you have a conflict, problem-free life. In fact, The allegiance to the kingdom of heaven, to Christ, puts you in direct opposition to the world. You can expect trouble to come. That's what Christ says. So what does Christ's peace mean? Christ's peace means that you can have peace, deep in your soul peace, no matter what trouble comes your way. And number two is this. Christ's peace is not a circumstantial peace. His peace is an every moment, every day, forever peace, which goes beyond human comprehension or understanding, but still remains very real and true. Deep abiding peace is something difficult to understand in the world we live in. But in his letter to the Philippians, Apostle Paul helps to explain this. It gives us a glimpse of what it means. He says in Philippians 4, 4 to 7, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. You see, in every situation, whether good or bad, we present a request with thanksgiving to the Lord. And as we let go of the things and give God the power with submission and true thankfulness for whatever his will may be, something amazing happens in us. 
And more often than not, in the circumstances around us as well. You see, we trade anxiety for peace, fear for rejoicing, suspicions for faith. And amazingly, divinely, miraculously, the peace of God which we have in Christ guards our hearts and minds. Brothers and sisters in Christ, family and friends, this is a deeply personal and difficult to articulate peace. It is very real and true. It is not circumstantial. It is a peace which continues its graceful presence within our lives at all times. This peace often appears beyond comprehension, especially to the, to the unbeliever. I mean, how someone suffering through painful death may still have peace. How a friend or family member suffering through painful cancer treatments has peace. Financial or marriage struggling individuals still may have peace as well. How? How do we all, while living in such a sinful, dark world, still have and find peace? This is the peace of which Christ brings to our life. A non-circumstantial peace. A forever peace. Number three, peace is Christ's gift to his followers. Have you ever read through the Gospels and just noticed, marveled at how Jesus, in all the situations he found himself in, was always peaceful. He always kept his cool. He never blew his top. Think about it. He was interrogated by the leading Jewish leaders of the time. On multiple occasions, the crowds tried to grab him and kill him. And on top of it all, he willingly chose to travel day in and day out with the man he knew would, be, would betray him. Yet Jesus remained calm and controlled, a perfect picture of peace. What did Christ know that we don't? We see Christ had complete and total trust in who he was and what he was doing. He trusted the Father, and because of this trust, because of his faith, he was able to have peace in any and every situation. It's a powerful truth, and Jesus has this kind of peace for you and me too. Listen to what Jesus tells his disciples in John 14, 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Friends, peace is a gift from Jesus. Peace is the gift of Jesus. And it's different from what the world gives. But just like any other gift, it's your responsibility to receive it and receive it well. What have you received from the world lately, this month, this year? Are you ready to receive peace today? My final point and lead into conclusion is simply this. We must listen to Jesus. People fail to find peace because people fail to look to Jesus. People look more to the darkness than to the light, more to the things of the world than to the things of God. Listen to Jesus. Look to the light. Have your best Christmas yet by looking to Christ. His light, his life, his love, his hope, his joy, his peace. This Advent season, begin a new routine. Go back to a good and perfect way of living the way God intends. Go into his word. Listen to his promises and way of life. You see, your best Christmas yet is possible with Christ's peace. A peace that transcends understanding is Christ's gift to us, but we must receive it. We must accept him, must listen to him. But then we must also give it away freely, for Christ does. 
You see, after receiving, we must give. He is the light that shines in the darkness, and we can share the light of Christ with others by sharing the hope and peace of which we have. Third, today, family, friends, we know that we can also have a peace that transcends understanding by letting go of all the troubles that we have in our life and giving it to the ever-capable hands of Jesus. Receive, give, and let go. What do you need to let go of today? What do you need to place into the hands of Christ? What do you need to do today to receive his gift of peace? Give it to him now. Do you know Christ's peace? Have you confessed with your mouth that he is Lord? Are you following him and his teachings for every day in eternal living? Are you part of his kingdom? If you answered yes, then wonderful, great, praise him. Let's praise him together. But if you answered no, I challenge you, give your life to him today. I plead with you, give your life to him today. Have your best Christmas yet with Jesus. The true reason for this season. Repent of your sins, turn away from them, and live a new life in him. Let's pray now and close with a song. Lord, we thank you for your son, Jesus. We thank you for the true meaning of this season is Christ. We thank you that through Christ we have hope, peace, joy, and love. We thank you for we have Christ and we have eternal life with him and you in heaven. We thank you for your Holy Spirit who reminds us and helps us to understand all these things. May we go in peace today, your peace. It's in your holy and powerful name we pray, amen.